God and do the work of Jesus Christ. Lord bless you. Amen. We'll let our classes go back. It's good to have all of our guests. God bless you. Good to see you in the house of the Lord. Amen. Just come to be a part of this service. Join with us in, in, in learning of the word of God, the doctrines of Jesus Christ. Man, I didn't realize that term and the importance of it as much till the last few 11, 12 weeks. We've been talking about on that the, the term itself, doctrine. Amen. But how often, amen, it unveils itself, reveals itself throughout the scripture. Amen. Maybe not just in that term, but in the likeness of it. And uh, we understand the importance and the power of it. What a beautiful lesson we got today. Amen. Uh, you know, the call of God. And, 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 and not just the, the initial call, but to be able to walk within, in the call of God on a regular basis. On a daily basis. That we won't miss opportunities to be a vessel of his that can be used and anointed and to help others and to uh, add to the kingdom of God and to the body of Christ and, uh, and just to serve one another, but yet not just one another, but others in our community and, and wherever that may, that outreach might be, uh, as we got some that works in other states and uh, other places and, and so some of the far-reaching places and so is each one of us is a vessel of God and amen and um, if you got the Holy Ghost and if you even claim the Holy Ghost then there was a calling that took place because that doesn't take place without a calling you can't come to him unless his spirit draws now I, for the most part maybe not everybody but a lot of times when you start talking about the call of God for most of us, our minds goes to an area called the ministry. And that's true. If you really look at the true word of ministry, that everybody's a minister. And everybody's in, supposed to be involved in the ministry. But for most part, most people think of a pulpit and standing behind a pulpit and pastoring a church. But that's not the truth. The real call of God is the call of God on each one of our lives and the place that God wants us to be. Paul helped us out with this when he likened it into the body itself. The very members, many members, but one body. But one member cannot say to the other that I have no need of you. We have the need of every member of the body. For the body to be able to operate and to accomplish and achieve goals, if you don't think you don't really need one member of your body, why don't you, you can, you know, I, I give you a couple of options. And I, I would probably, you know, just tie it up or something like that. Or you can, if you'd like, take an axe and cut it off. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you deal with the consequences, but it won't take long. We all know this. You can get, we know this by getting a cut on a finger. Sometimes that, so, that cut gets infected and gets a little sore and, and you don't realize how often you bump your finger until all of a sudden you got a paper cut. That's right, I said a paper cut. <laughs> Amen. And every time you turn around, man, you bumping that thing until after a while it finally gets healed up and then you don't pay as much attention to it. And, and so we need, and, and so God's call upon each soul and upon each life. Amen. To come and be a part. 
and to uh, not only to associate, but to, to be born into and get involved to the work of God and the kingdom of God and the election of the Lord. Amen. And folks, this is the most important thing in our lives above everything else, above our own personal families, our own personal goals, and what we set out to achieve and try to accomplish. The watermarks of the church and the calling of God. This is the only thing that's going to last out throughout eternity. This is the only thing that's going to be everlasting. All the rest of it, amen, regardless of the goals and what we've acquired in life and attained in life and, and, and even the goals that we might accomplish. Those have got their, their limits and places. And thank God for them, amen, but uh, the, this one, the call of God, amen, to, and I mentioned this just in the last few days, hallelujah, to know the call of God, to know what God wants me to do in this kingdom, where he wants me to serve and how he wants me to serve and how to serve to edify the body, to build up the body, amen, to strengthen it, not just in a, a service, not just on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night or a Wednesday night, but amen, even out in the highways and the byways and on a daily basis through prayer and fasting and reading and studying of the word of God, being getting on a personal contact with others, sometimes maybe even with others in this local assembly, joining up with them, amen. We see this in the Bible, amen. They didn't always wait just to get in the synagogue, but Paul, amen, had them that followed him and took heed to him out in the marketplaces, hallelujah, places like that. That's what revival is really all about. You don't have revival just on Sunday morning and Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. No, you have revival, amen, every day of your life. Revival, amen, reviving and living. And when we walk in that power and demonstration that God gives us the umpton and the anointing, and that's really what it's all about. Amen. In that leadership, in that calling of God and finding that place is being found an umption and anointing that comes from the heavens and puts words into our mouths and words into our hearts. It's not our own doing. It's not our own power. It's not of man's wisdom. It's not of man's ability. But it comes from a higher court and a higher power. That's the reason the devil and the demonic forces and demonic powers don't have no, no power with it. Amen. When truth rises up, truth always wins. Truth always going to stand. Truth always going to get you out of here. It may take a season and a little while, but I'm telling you, you stand for truth. Truth will always come to your rescue. Truth will always make you victorious. It's never going to fail you. That's the same way as we look at this. And, and because if you really look at it, it says help to understand God's call. Help to understand God's call. His call upon our lives. As individuals, but yet collectively. We all, we all. I, I, in prayer this morning, I thought about it as the church comes again this morning. As the body gathers in today. This is where we reach that place of fullness. This is where we become in this setting and time. Amen. Where all the gifts are in operation. He equipped the church. Amen. This is a place where if miracles can take place, it can happen now. Why? Because now all the bodies, every joint, it's jointly together. And bringing what they supply. 
as a vessel of God, as an earthen vessel with a heavenly treasure and a heavenly call. And that call that's been placed upon them. And they walk in the beauty and the power of that calling and that election. Amen. It may be through the musical department. It may be through other other means and ways to help others and to work with them. Hallelujah. In, In Sunday school classes. Amen. You may be a teacher and everybody even at that level. And watch this. All those levels. It's not the same. All those callings and servant ability not according but as he sees fit as he's the maker amen that pulls us and blesses us and helps us along this way amen to be equipped and do the work of God that's the reason God would pull individuals out of wilderness and out of dark places out of unknown places that nobody didn't know anything about them but God knew where they was at and God worked with them amen nobody didn't hardly know anything about a lion or a bear or have the power or the ability with just your bare hands Amen. To destroy a lion or a bear. Amen. Until the Spirit of God moved upon a man by the name of Samson. Amen. Mightily. Or moved upon a man by the name of David. Hallelujah. And he gave him the skill and the talent and the ability. And that's the reason David told Saul on that day. Hallelujah. When he tried to equip him with equipment. I'm telling you, church, we don't need to be equipped by the world and by the ways of the world. We've got the greatest equipment that's ever been given to mankind. It comes from heaven. It comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. It comes out of the gospel. You can't change it. You can't add to it. You can't perfect it no more. No, what you and I got to do is humble you and ourselves and obey it. And if we'll obey it, it will do the work for us. So, focus verses in 1 Samuel 10. And, and this is going to deal actually with the call of Samuel and Saul and uh, how God works and how God works. But, but you're going to notice there's going to be some more involved in this. That helps in this calling. Did you know everybody under the sound of my voice this morning. You play a a part of the call. You can bless the call of you can curse it. You can help propel it. Encourage it. Or you can put the hearts to it. That treating is so important for us to walk, amen, in the Holy Ghost on a regular basis. I believe that's the reason the scripture warns us even how we treat strangers. Because it could be an angel. Or it could be the next Paul or Peter or Mary or Martha. And God arranged that you and I could be a part of this process. So our focus verses this morning is found in 1 Samuel 10, 5 and 6 and 7. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and shalt be turned into another man. Anybody glad or thankful this morning that you've been turned into a, another man? Or should I say woman also? I don't be offensive. We live in a day, but I don't worry about that. If you get offended, oh well. You know, I mean, come on. Uh, you men could get offended if I just said woman. So, but I didn't go get offended over none of that stuff. Hey, man, I know who I am. My wife knows who she is, and we don't have no problem with all that mess. We're not confused, and I'm not going to walk around with my feelings on my shoulder about all of that either. That's silly. Well, let me move on. I didn't need to jump on that one, but anyway. 
And let it be when these signs are come upon thee, that thou do as occasion serve thee, for God is with thee. Now, we're going to focus on that a little bit, that latter part of that last verse, before this lesson's over with. When you, when you and I are living for God, Revelation has taught us that God's the one that what? Opens doors. And God is the one that can close some doors. It's not our business to bust doors open. It's not our business to get, uh, blow our tempers and blow our, our, our hair back and blow somebody else's hair back because we didn't get it our way. William, what you do? The call of God is upon us. Now watch this. Even right here, Saul. I'm going to tell you, it's a good lesson we can learn from Saul. You know the story of Saul. If Saul would have took to heart that latter part of that lesson and let God do the God part, let Samuel take care of his part of the calling, and Saul just take care of his part of the calling, amen, he would have come out a whole lot better. As, as the occasion comes, and God anoints, and God opens a door, and God, you know, through the Holy Ghost, and through the quickening power of His Spirit, and you obey that, amen, everything's going to work out all right. But if, if I'm not careful, it's when I begin to want to maneuver it my way. And I want to force some things, or individuals, to the call of God. You can't force that call. I don't care how much, how much leverage we may feel we got with God. We never reach a point in place that we supersede the call of God upon individuals' lives. If he doesn't see fit to call an individual into the fivefold ministry, I don't care if he's the 10th generation of preachers. It's still God's business. And that's the way it ought to be. But it doesn't matter if he's, he's got a family and he's a 10th generation. And there's never been a preacher called in that families. And all of a sudden God moves upon one. That's God's business too. That's God. It works both ways. And boy, if we could just learn that. If we can just find that place. Huh, not just in the ministry, but in all of the ministry. Whatever it might be. From playing instruments, singing songs. Preaching, teaching, whatever it might be. <laughs> I want to find my place and do what God wants us to do. The truth about God, God will speak into our lives and provide confirmation. We'll provide. How many have heard, how many times a preacher get up here a lot of times and he'll pick up certain little items and he'll say, boy, that just confirmed what I felt to preach here tonight. Just kind of backed it up. Just let me know with assurance. And thank God for that. Now the truthful life, I will counsel with godly leaders to help me understand God's call. Godly leaders. We preached on this Wednesday night. Amen. About the spiritual leadership. Amen. You know, when you go for advice... You go to look at people that's living overcoming lives and victorious lives. And, uh, you know, the scripture says birds of the like feather flock together. And so that's the same way, spiritually speaking, 
Uh, that's the reason individuals, if they, 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 if you want to do well, you associate yourself with godly people and, and those that's winning the battle, those that's uh, getting results. Amen. The prayers are being answered and they're, they're, they're overcoming the powers of the enemy and winning a victorious or living a victorious life. They have something inside of them that money can't buy and positions can't. Now, there is a peace and a joy and, and life itself. They just seem to always, regardless of everything else, there's just something bubbling there. There's just something in operation in that individual's life, amen, that helps them to respond to circumstances and situations, both of the external things and the internal things. Praise God. Uh, they all, they both are a reflection of what's in the heart. They both are a reflection of what's in the mind and what's ruling in the mind. The Bible says, out of the abundance of heart, the mouth speaketh. Huh. We know that sweet bitter water cannot come out of the same fountain. That's when we're warned to be angry but sin not. And that's, that's when all the guards need to come up when you become angry. <laughs> If you have to, just say, hey, you better give me a few minutes. i got to let the Holy Ghost kick in a little better, if you don't mind. The old man's wanting to flare up. The old man wants to rise up. But give me a minute. I'll get him under subjection. Don't push no buttons, though. Give me a minute. <laughs> I've got in my limit. <laughs> I mean, come on. At least we can be honest. And if they knew what's best, that's what they'd do. You know what? Because when you're doing what you can to, you know, let God operate, let God do the work. You know what? God may just step in. He said, well, I think I'll take care of them for you right now. <laughs> and thump their little head. <laughs> God thumps their head. You don't have to worry about them. <laughs> Hallelujah. But so just help us to understand, amen, that, hey, we're vessels of God. We're earthen vessels with what? A heavenly treasure. And uh, so as we allow the Lord to help us. So. We're going to go through some of this as the Lord helps us and guides us through this. As we begin to talk about the call of God, we're just going to use the scriptures this morning, if you don't mind. And we're just going to start with the first chapter, First Samuel, because really that's the beginning. He talks about Hanon. He talks about the call of God that's upon Samuel. And as we watch this unfold, even in Hannah's life herself, things weren't going as well as she had liked. And she had dealt with this for years. If you read it close enough, you're going to see that Amanda, uh, the, the, the other lady of the household, if you please, that had the Bible says, and I don't know exact number how many she had up at this point, but it's had many sons and daughters. So we know that she at least had at least two sons and two daughters at least. And so years of years of going up to the, the tabernacle to worship, and she had practiced this for a number of years. This had went on, and, and so here she was that she would attack her and probably say things, but El would try to be kind to her and he would actually wouldn't just give her portions but he mightily blessed her amen and he even one time told her he said you know ain't I have a better blessing to you than ten sons and, and maybe maybe that's a good number to look at maybe there's a possibility amen that the others had about this many and so he's liking this unto this trying to sue this over but it's still with Hannah this wouldn't, wouldn't you know she had a desire she had a passion she wanted to 
bear a son. She wanted to bear a child, a man. And so finally she reached a point in place. Amen. After this, it went on. And even, even when Elkanah came to her in the time of feasting and, and, and at the tabernacle, he says, you're not eating. You're not drinking. You're, you're countenance and, and, and all this. And so finally, if you read it close, the next verse talks about that she did eat and drink. And then she made her way in the synagogue and she begins to pray. And Eli's observing what's going on here, sitting from a post or a seat or throne and observing what's going on. And, and so Hannah begins to pray. Now the Bible says she doesn't pray out loud. You don't hear a voice. But yet there is a movement of the mouth. There are some actions by the body itself. A man that Eli perceives and comes under the impression that she's drunk. That she's drank too much wine. And you know what? You know, sometimes we may want to jump on Eli about this. But if you back up a little bit, you'll see in the verses prior to that, that's some of the custom that went on. If you read about the two sons of Eli and the actions that took place at the door of the tabernacle, you'll see that there was a lot of likeness unto partying and things that so shouldn't have been transpiring at the tabernacle, even causing the children of Israel to sin. And so there was those that was coming and they was eating and feasting and getting drunk. At the tabernacle. So now Hannah has this accountance or this likeness. Folks, that'll go a long ways if you really think about it. God really don't want us to come to the house of God and act like we don't feel Him. He doesn't want us to sit or stand like some statues and God's not even in the house. Because there's something about the Holy Ghost that's likened unto wine. In fact, the first outpouring of it, uh, they was accused of being drunk. <laughs> oh, what it would do for the merry heart. And then the response. So, you know what? We're in the mind of God and dancing and responding and worshiping and magnifying God. When we come to the house of God to worship Him and exalt Him. It's in the order. Amen. For the joy of the Lord and for the, the dance and for the celebration and for lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubt and for the shouting that's taking place. It's all in order. The real key to it is, is what influence you're under and what's causing the emotion and the excitement. Where did it, where did it flow from? What caused it to happen? And so it moves from that. And so when Eli gets a little better understanding after Hannah explains to him that she's not drunk. She's not as of the sons or the daughters of Baal or of the devil. She's got a request. And so Eli honors this request. And sure enough, she goes home. And she goes home different from that moment. You know why? Because she believed the man of God. She took him at his word. And she went home, and you know what? I don't know. I don't know what kind of arrangements they had to, to purchase clothes or make clothes. But I don't think she, she made not one pink dress. And she sure didn't make no pink trousers. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, no. She went home, and everything she'd done was in the direction of a boy that was going to come. And so from that point, because she had made a vow to God that I'm going to bring this boy back. and 
I'm going to give him back to God. And the word says Lent. Long. But yet he was going to serve God all the days of his life. Now the writer of the lesson makes a statement about under the, the raising of this mother. But the raising of this mother was very short lived. Only until the nursing time. Read your commentaries, read whatever. But probably the max of that is three or four years of age. That when Samuel was brought to the synagogue. And there she comes back, kind of comes back after the, probably the only time and first time missing a year or two of going back to the tabernacle. But now she comes and she brings the sacrifices of bullocks and, and offerings and Samuel being a part of that group. <laughs> and so here she is bringing him. To bring him and to offer him unto the service of God and to the call of God. I'm going to tell you something. I believe she played a very important role in Samuel's life to see this happen. Now, why do you say that? Because every year when she came back, she, she made him a coat. It was a, a, a lintel that was likened unto the priest robe. And every year because of his growing, she fashioned and molded and made one. Can I say something to us as parents? When your little darling, even at four and five and six, really begins to want to start wearing a little suit, really wants to start looking and acting like a preacher, you can do one or two things. You can really, you know, get involved in that, encourage that, pray over that, and, 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 and encourage them. Say, that's it, baby. I, I, that'll be the favor of God and the blessings of God. Or you can get the attitude and the spirits, and uh, I don't want my boy, a man, to be a preacher. Uh, and you don't have to tell them this, but your actions, because God weighs actions more than he weighs words. And our actions toward the house of God, and our actions toward the call of God. Man, I'm rooting up something here. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's, it's going to go one way or the other because there's really no in between with this. You, you and I are either going to get involved and say, God, I want my babies to have the Holy Ghost. I want them to live an apostolic life. I don't want them to know what it is to party. Maybe I've never partied. Maybe I never drank. Thank God for it. And that's the same testimony. You need to raise your babies in it. The attitude and the spirit is getting all the apostolic church. Amen. That they got to go out that world. They got a testimony. It's alive in the pits of hell. The testimony of keeping yourself clean and upright and upright before God and walking the call of God at a young age and an early age is the heartbeat of God. Sit there and look at me if you want to, honey. But I'm telling you, the heartbeat of God starts with not just the infants in your arms. And you and I play a very important role of seeing them being successful for God. You could take this nation right here at one time. Huh. If there was a church somewhere, the resort to the people going to the house of God somewhere. And even those that didn't go. Your businesses were shut down. They wouldn't go fishing. We're raising generations now. The only thing they think on Sunday is going fishing. And not for souls. 
or hunting or other activities because they say I'm working six days a week. So, but anyway, that's where we act. We brought that. It wasn't the intent of God. But, but as, as humanity and the way it would like to go. So I thank God for parents like you that wants to bring your babies to Sunday school. Want to bring them to the house of God. But folks, can I say this? You can't just depend on this one hour or hour and a half on Sunday morning. Amen. You just can't do it. No more than you can depend on the public school to do all the training. Your baby's not going to get it all. There's always going to be some homework. As much as we despise it and hate it, there's still going to be some. And that's the same way. You know what? Homework, living for God, has more effect upon them than here. Well, that didn't go over too well, but I'm telling you, what you say in your actions at home in an early age can rob the respect in their little hearts and minds that it don't matter what the preacher says. And it doesn't matter what that Sunday school teacher says because they'll lose all respect for them because they're going to love mom and daddy and they're going to believe them over everybody else. That's just the design. God set it up. Okay. So we're going to look at a few things as we, we watch this unfold and begin to take place. And so you know the lives of the two sons of Eli. Now, especially when we get to certain areas in the Word of God and, and um, the call of God itself and Call itself, we can go back to Genesis 22 and 1. And there it came to pass, and after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. Here I am. To know that voice, to know that it is the voice of God. In the Old Testament, a lot of times it was in such a physical manner and form. Now remember something. Adam and Eve, it was the voice of God that encountered and had fellowship with. It makes it plain. They saw no image. There wasn't an individual. But it was the presence and the voice of God. It's what fellowship they had with God. You remember this. God is a spirit. That doesn't ever change. You don't read God the Son. I feel a little whatever there. But it's still the truth. Jesus Christ himself said, These are not my words or my works. They're my Father's. He was begotten. The sonship was begotten and the sonship will be ended. Paul's writings in Corinthians. There'll be a time when there won't be no need of the sonship. That earthen vessel. Now, he's paid the price, and he's not going to see death again. And we believe. Don't let me mess you up. I can see some of you. <laughs> he is God Almighty. But you take God out of there. Watch this. That's the reason Jesus says, Why have I forsaken me? 
If the God had never left the body, he'd have never died. Because God don't need breath. He don't need blood. He don't need water. He doesn't need anything. And God could have kept that body alive without blood, without oxygen. If the Spirit of God stayed in that body, he'd have lived on. But the, body, the Spirit had to leave before the body could die. And the body had to die because the wages of sin is death. And the only way the debt could be paid, Jesus had to die. And he didn't faint, honey. He died. He was dead as anybody you ever seen dead. Jesus, the man, was dead. But God never dies. He knows no ending. He knows no beginnings. He's from everlasting to everlasting. He's the author and finisher. He knows all of our yesterdays, todays, and our tomorrows. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. This almighty God is none like him. Okay? And so when the call of God or the voice of God, God's never intended for his voice to be confused. That's a reason even in the New Testament that the apostles would stop certain vessels proclaiming them as the carriers of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They would stop them and rebuke the spirit out of them because God did not want us to be confused. Boy, I wish that would take place more today. I, I wonder just how many churches if God really moved on America today and shut every church down that was not preaching the truth. How many religious facilities would be shut down? Because they're not founded upon the doctrines of the apostles and of Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone, which happens to be in the Bible. So, let me move on from that. We could go to Exodus and... and, and but. Uh, and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, and these are calls that we, we mention and talk about, amen, and the Bible and how that with Moses. And here again he says, here am I. And so as we move from this and the raising and bringing Samuel, he finally reaches an age. Now watch this. I can, I can only find two places in Judges where prophets showed up. Judges, the fourth chapter, Judges, the sixth chapter. And then here with, with Eli. A man of God, and that's what it says, a man of God. I don't get a name, nothing like that. And so, for the voice of God, or the encounter of God, they raise up judges. And as the Spirit of God moved upon, they would deliver, and they would be a savior unto those individuals in that situation. But as far as a prophet, man, and, and as you watch this unfold, you begin to see some things happen. So now we got Eli, who had the wicked sons, amen, that uh, Phineas and Ephod, I believe it was, but, but these two sons, amen, that, that done very wicked and called even the sons of And even he tried to correct them, but they wouldn't take heed to him. But even God, since a man of God said, hey, I was going. And so now, when you make your way, amen, to the call of Samuel into this third chapter, it's amazing to me. And we're just going to, we're just going to kind of go through this because you got to remember now, Eli is the man that raises Samuel from this early, early age. Some, some believe from three or four years of age. He's in the sanctuary. He's in the tabernacle. He's a servant unto Eli and unto the Lord. He finds favor with God and with men. 
even at this early age. And, and, and it doesn't take a lot to realize the call and the anointing that's placed upon this young man called Samuel. And so it finally reaches a point and it reaches a place in Eli's life. And, and the Bible begins to talk about. And so when you go to that third chapter, we're just going to try to just go down through it to help us not to miss some things. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. And there was no open vision. It was precious. It was priceless. It was rare to have the voice of God, to have a place now go back to your judges now. Remember, they would go to Deborah. They would go to that she, and that she judged them. In other words, she would give them instructions of what God and the will of God would be in their lives, the direction they should take, and things of that nature. Thank God. Now watch this. Go to the New Testament. That's the reason the house of God is so important. Why? The judgment of God starts where? At the house of God. If there's not a house of God, a place that we can come, amen, for judgment, which also means justice to take place in our life, we wouldn't have a clue. We could just do whatever we wanted to and just have how we wanted to live. But God set up a church and God set up a place and a five-fold ministry, a place that we can come to be instructed and be enlightened and be guided along this direct. The Holy Ghost, amen. But watch it. It all works together in the Holy Ghost. There's only one Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost in, in you and the Holy Ghost in me and the Holy Ghost in the five-fold ministry, it's going to find agreement. And if it don't, do you know what we need to do? We need to back up and say, okay, why are we disagreeing? Why don't we find them fellowship here? Why don't we find this agreement here? Because one of us is wrong and all of us need to be big enough to be willing enough and saying you know what we're some of us wrong here let's search the scriptures let's pray and find out what seems to be good to the holy ghost because if we'll do that and keep that stuff nipped in the head we wouldn't be in a lot of the messes we're in today okay so as as samuel this this precious word the rare Amen. As, as I've just mentioned, you don't read of the, too often the prophecy. In that 400 and something years, even with the judges, two scriptures talks about men of God coming that we can, I can find and tell, okay? And so now we're realizing Samuel, Samuel that's going to be not just a judge, but he's going to be a prophet. He's going to be the mouth of God. In fact, one place the scripture says, not one word if he is false to the ground. Now, buddy, he had the voice of God. He had the word of God. And whatever he spoke, that's how it's going to happen. And that, the, the real key to that is, I'm going to obey you, Samuel, whatever you tell me to do. And if Saul, Saul, a man, could have just put that in his heart, mind, and spirit. And regardless, now watch this. It doesn't matter how blessed we become on this earth. It doesn't matter how much money we make and how rich we become. How many positions we hold, how high we get in education. I'm naming all that stuff all. But also the other way, it doesn't matter how poor we are, how uneducated we are, what the, you know, if we don't make, we don't even make minimum wage and all this other. Watch this. God set a voice in this place that from one extreme of the walk of life to the other extreme. And I'm gonna tell you something. Neither one of those extremes can over, overcome and out, outmaneuver and outsmart the voice of God. You can amen me, owe me, or whatever you want to do with that. It's still the truth. When God moves upon an individual, and if you go to them as a spiritual leader, and you put your faith and confidence in them, and you prayed with earnestness and with sincerity, and God uses them and speaks into our lives, the best thing that you and I can do, I'm going to take you at your word. 
I'm going to do what you said. That was totally opposite what I want to do. But you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to obey it. Then again, it might line right up. I don't know. We'll just, you have to just see. So, here we go. So it talks about how that in those days it wasn't an open vision. Not everybody had the voice of God. Listen today. Just listen to today. Listen. Especially if you get on that internet. Every shape, form, fashion. And they all saying, God spoke to me. God showed me. God. It don't take long to realize. God's, the Bible says God is not confused. So who is? Who, God, the Bible says God is not the author of confusion. Okay. So that's the reason he has given us this right here. This is the most tangible, precious thing that you can have. Some of you may say, well, what about the Holy Ghost? That's right. But the Holy Ghost is not going to direct you contrary to what's written right here. You could take what you feel in the Holy Ghost and check it and bounce it off of this. If it doesn't line up with this, I dis- dismiss say, you know what, wait a minute. I got some Bible by you. John said, John say what? Try the Spirit. See if it's of God. If it's not, so there's a possibility it's not. What do you do? Back out of it. I changed my mind. It wasn't a God. You know, that's not, that's not a big sin. That's not such a big deal. We'd all be shocked how many people's willing, though. Willing to say, hey, hey, wait, wait, I was wrong. Was Eli wrong without Hannah? He was. That wasn't the influence she was under. That's what she's seeking. But whenever he understood what really was happening, he prayed the blessings of God. Folks, come on. We're, we're earthen vessels. And we're trying to make heaven. And, and, and watch this. That's the reason the foundation is so important. I, I was talking just this week. I said, somehow we can get people to understand. They, too many people's focused on, and don't you take this wrong, but too many people's focused upon our sleeves and about our outward appearance. That's not even the topic. That's not even the subject. The problem is you've got to get back to the foundation. And if you'll get on the foundation and receive the Holy Ghost. See, that's my, my goal. I want to persuade you to get the Holy Ghost. Because then the Holy Ghost will lead and guide you. The Holy Ghost will reveal things. The Holy Ghost will open your heart and open your understanding. You'll see things. And then you'll understand. But until then, it won't be nothing but rules and regulations to you. But whenever the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you and you start doing it out of love and revelation to God and to your Creator and you get a better understanding where these things are coming from, I tell you, it makes a difference in the whole situation. So these are not what's going to send you to hell. What the problem is, amen, is disobedience to the gospel. And the lesson talks about that when you go to Romans 6, and I'm going to jump ahead of myself just a little bit, but it talks about in Romans 6 how the, that there we, we what? We buried into His name. We come up in newness of life that the old man dies to sin. In other words, we can't serve two masters. You can't serve 
serve sin. You can't serve yourself and sin and the spirit of the world and serve God. No, we come up in newness of life. And then when you go from that sixth chapter, that seventh chapter, that eighth chapter, called the Roman road, amen, talking about the gospel, making confession with your tongue. But watch this now. All of those that's preaching the gospel, first of all, got to be called of God. Second of all, got to be sent by God. Third of all, it's got to be anointed by God. And the gospel is what? The death, burial, and resurrection in Jesus Christ, which is repentance and baptism in Jesus' name. And then filling the Holy Ghost. And we've heard this so many times, it don't excite us. But I'm going to tell you something, without that experience, we're lost and undone. It doesn't matter how holy we look. It doesn't matter how many miracles we're performing. It doesn't matter what other things we're doing in the spiritual realm and in the spiritual world. Amen. Outside the gospel, outside the foundation, we're lost and undone. We've got to be counted, amen, without the true witnesses. Okay? Judgment day. It's like court day. You've got to have these witnesses, folks. Got to have the witness of the blood. Got to have the witness of the spirit. Got to have the witness of the word, folks. And it all is one. It all works together. And that's what it's all about. So let's, let's, I know I jumped ahead of myself on that part. But again, that's what this is talking about. When you and I choose spiritual leaders, we better make sure. And folks, you, you got a Bible. Read it. Study it for yourself. Know what it's saying. You and I have got to give an account what's in this book and our servable abilities. Now, there's some, some areas. Now, can I say this? When you're choosing spiritual leaders, you've got to make sure they got the right. What's the most important part of a building? Foundation. If you, if you come slack on the foundation, if you build that thing, has anybody ever worked on a building that the foundation's out of square? It causes misery. Anytime you try to build a wall, right down to even the finished products. When you try to, amen, squirt up the flooring and you use 12 by 12 inch tile and that foundation's out of square, guess what shows up? The foundation's out of square. Ladies and gentlemen, let us tell us something today. When we're not walking in the Holy Ghost and the power thereof, it shows up. It shows up and hey, that ain't God. That ain't the way of God. That's not the way of the Word of God. That's the reason it's a must to get the foundation right. If you don't get it right, I'm telling you, it's going to keep showing up. And you know why it keeps showing up? It's trying to get you back to the foundation. Because if you'll dig back to the foundation and get it fixed and get it squared up. You know, that's really the best thing. It could be sometimes the most expensive thing. But the best thing to do if you notice it early enough is to fix it. Reform. <laughs> Reform. Redig some, some footings and repour the thing. That's the reason some people get baptized again in the name of Jesus. Because they messed up and done this and they just felt better about it. Amen. To get buried again. Because I want to make sure I took on the name. I want to make sure I've got it under the blood. I want to make sure I got the blood activated in my life. Why? Because I want to make this journey. It's a spiritual warfare. But I don't have a chance, amen. I don't have a chance without the Spirit of God and the Spirit of truth leading and guiding and comforting me in the world that I'm living in. So as you watch Samuel here, as he's called upon, and what a mission, amen, that Samuel's called upon. So it came to pass at the time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim, that he could not see. And ere the lamp, ere means prior, it, it hadn't went out. I know a lot of times we say it went out, but the lamp hadn't, but it's just before. Study it. <laughs> it hadn't went out, but it was on the verge. 
about to go out. But not just the lamp in this tabernacle, but the service of Eli and those two boys. God's fixing, God's fixing to take all of them out. God's fixing to do it. But before he does that, he's got a Samuel that's going to be, that can hear his voice. That will know his heartbeat. And so it goes from that. The lamp of the God that went out of the temple of the Lord was the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to it. You go back to Leviticus, you can go back to Exodus, it talks about that light. It shouldn't go out from, from dawn to dust, amen. The light, the oil that's presented, enough oil there for it to burn all night. There's a lot to that. That light is also is a light unto Jesus Christ, who's the light of the world, and the light unto every man. That light is also the church as a city on the hill. It's like a lamp, amen, sitting on a stand. Folks, all this ties in together. All of it comes together, amen. That's the reason when you talk about spiritual things, first of all the first question amen I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this down amen anybody in this house that's looking for a spiritual leadership the first thing amen before I called anybody or called anybody I'd want to know if they got the Holy Ghost if they don't have the Holy Ghost and they don't believe in the Holy Ghost I wouldn't ask for no spiritual advice from them at all because if they're messed up there they're going to be messed up in other places they get some of it right and that's the problem that's the biggest hang up amen they got a portion right but a portion amen is not going to get me to heaven you got to have the fullness of the gospel you got to have the fullness of the power of God you gotta walk in his glory. You gotta walk in his spirit. You know the way you gotta do it. You gotta have an encounter and experience for yourself. You can't let the light go out. Why do you think there's so many saints you don't have to have the Holy Ghost? They don't want the light. You know why? Light reveals. Light manifests. Light reveals where we're at, what we're doing, who we are. But thank God for the light that we can come running to. That we can see our condition and get something done about it. Praise God. So I mean, there's a lot in this, this. You really begin to watch it. And the Lord called Samuel and answered. He answered, here am I. Now watch what he does. And you know the story. And he ran unto Eli and said, here am I. For thou callest me. And he said, I call not to lie down again. And he went and lay down. He does this a couple of more times. The Lord called. Finally, the third time. Amen. It finally gets a hold of Eli. Third time Samuel comes, he realized, he says, that's the Lord. That's the Lord calling you. He said, you go and lie back down. He said, and when that voice comes again, you tell him, here am I. And sure enough, amen, sure enough. Now this before, before, before it ever got daylight now. Amen. Before the light, light ever went out, God's working on another vessel. Amen. To carry the voice, to carry the word of God, that the Israelite people can hear, that the Israelite people can be led spiritually because they were his children. They were his called out people. They were the ones that he brought out of Egypt. It was the ones that he brought out of bondage. I'm telling you, if anybody ought to walk right, it's people that's been delivered out of bondage. It's people that's been delivered out of darkness. It's people that have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. That revelation, that understanding. Hallelujah. And knowing, you know, there's a lot of things I may not know, but I know enough how to walk and how to live and how to present myself unto God. We're not ignorant of Satan's devices. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, it's a shame on us when we're letting technology and a lot of other things slip in and slip in the back door. We're not ignorant of Satan's devices. You can't play with fire. You can't play with sin. You can't play with... No, no, no. I know inside my heart and in my mind and spirit, there's some things you just can't play with. There's some things you've got to keep them out yonder and keep as far away from us as you possibly can. Hallelujah. We won't become polluted and we won't become 
lured and drawn into it. That's one thing that worries me about all these cell phones and, and, and iPads and all this other thing. The avenues that the devil's using, amen, amen, to expose our children, to expose our young people, to expose our churches, hallelujah, to entertainment, to places. We've already got a struggle and a battle against that already. Hallelujah, from the music department and all the other departments. But if they didn't know anything about any of that, there wouldn't be a struggle with it. Well, this is going way out there, especially for today. I remember when we first would go to what they call Freaky Fridays. Brother Strain, Brother Wilson was the pastor. Brother Ted Strain was the youth department, and they, they'd done this. Sister Wilson, one of the first, the first Friday night we went, and it's an all-night deal for the youth. And, and anyway, she made this statement. She said, Brother Wilson and I, we don't listen to no musicians or singers except apostolic, period. She said, but our children said that they listened to, she named a few groups. Where are we at today? Where are we at? And you know what? They got some, they got some good ly- lyrics. They got some good songs. Sometimes, you know, maybe it is of God. <laughs> but what really behind that spirit? This topic came up in the hardware store the other day. Praise in the park. <laughs> and they just kept on. I finally told them, I said, hey, y'all go keep on. Not <laughs> this and this song. And some of their two main goers, the best they could come up with was two and three songs from those groups. And this is out of their own mouths. Said most of the time, we, he said, and this is folks that don't even have the Holy Ghost. They made this statement. Most of the songs they sung, we don't have a clue what they were saying. <laughs> Who are they praising? And I had some here that didn't really like it. When I made the stand before the first praise, we're not going and we're not participating. If you go and you'll be in rebellion, you're going on your own and you'll serve the consequences. You'll not be. Oh, yes, we should. You'll get, I'm telling you, there's a spiritual realm. You don't know about this old man right here. You don't know what this old flesh. That's the reason some people, the first drink they ever took, they was an alcoholic from that moment on. No, they didn't start out the next day drinking a six-pack. But I'm telling you, from that moment on, their flesh fell in love with it, and they couldn't bring it under submission. They couldn't bring it under subjection. And me and your we don't have some glorified flesh, but we got the truth of God in us. And if we'll walk in the truth of God, God will always make a way of escape. But you and I got a hunger and thirst after righteousness. That's not just get the Holy Ghost. But even from that moment, from that time on, you and I got to continue to keep hungry and thirsting after us to do that, to attain that. We got to choose the right spiritual leaders in our lives. We got to make sure why is all this so important? What Samuel's call. And so God moves upon Samuel. And you talk about a message. Now, Samuel proved himself at a very early, early age. Because I'm sure he, he loved Eli's probably as much as he loved his mother and anybody else. This is a man that he was with, abode with, and been with. 
He cherished him. He loved him. He respected him. I'm sure he watched the other activities or heard of them. But Eli didn't let it bother. Samuel didn't let it bother him. We'll tell you something, folks. We put some things into our babies. Not to have a love for this world or the things of this world. You can't have both of them. That's in the New Testament. <laughs> it's a dangerous thing for you to go behind leadership and dress your babies. And allow them to dress like you want them to dress. Especially when you start advertising it on that phone. That's, that's shoving in the face of God now, not mine. Oh, it breaks my heart. But I'm going to tell you something. Mine, mine, mine aren't going to count a whole lot. But God's is. And that's the difference. Because here's the deal. You're leading them around the wrong spirit. Get caught up. And pulled and lured into some activities. I'm going to move on. And so the Lord came. And stood and called at his other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak thou, by that servant heareth. The Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. I'm going to do it. Accomplish it. When I begin, I will make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house. Forever for the iniquity which he, he knoweth. Are you hearing it? For the iniquity that he knoweth that's going on in his house. The spirit of iniquity. The doctrines of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. It's like a little leaven that leaveneth the whole lump. Hey, I'm trying to help you. I'm not against nobody. I'm not trying to hurt nobody. I wish everybody could do what they want to do and just live like they want to live and go where they want to go and all your bills is paid for and you can, your children, everybody could just do. But that's just not the way it is. Not if you want to live for God. Not if you want to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. There's a calling out and a separation that's got to take place. And it's just as important spiritually. And again, we get back to this house right here and what springs out of this house and what controls the passions and their desires and the affections in this temple right here. The Bible said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. The Bible's told us, love not the world. Amen, amen, not the things of the world. You can't, you can't allow all of that. And so that's a reason we're still coming out. And I know we're living in an apostolic movement now. We're more involved in sports than we've ever been. We're more involved in worldly events than we've ever been. And then we wonder where the miracles is at. And we wonder where the spiritual power is at. We wonder, amen, what about the spiritual leadership? I'm telling you what, if there's ever been a time you need to pray for your spiritual leadership and the fivefold ministry, I'm telling you, you better be praying for them. Because the direction of that leadership is the way you're going to go. Sooner or later, honey, you're going to go. Amen. And whenever you lose a leadership and the spiritual leadership out of this pulpit, I'm telling you, it won't be but one or two generations down the road that everything in these chairs, amen, I'll be following the same trait to follow the same spirit. I tell you, it's a wake up time. Some of you look at me like you look at you want to look. But I'm just behind it all it is within me. I'm telling you, some of us better get turned around. Some of us better find an old altar and die out and pray out. Say, oh God, get the leadership back in my heart. Get the spiritual leadership back in my life. It's not just about us. It's about our babies. It's about these little fellas. How much have you seen the church change in the last 20 years? What do you think another 20 years? What chance do you think they're going to have in 20 years? 
testified to help us, to speak to us. Eli, watch Eli. I take my hat off to Eli. As much trouble, what was going on in his house and with his sons. Amen. Now, remember, they was in Beersheba. That's as far north and south as you could get. That's also said about Samuel. That's the most furthest distance, north and south. And the word of Samuel, not one time, but from as far north and south you could go. Amen. Everybody knew that Samuel was called of God and had the anointing of God upon him. <laughs> and so you'd have to admire Eli because whenever Samuel, the next day, the next morning, amen, Eli calls him. Now watch this. After the word he came to Samuel, he laid up until the morning. He didn't sleep no more. He took the sleep away from Samuel. I don't know how long, if it was 30 minutes, an hour, two hours. I don't know. But the Bible makes it very plain. Man. Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, here am I. Samuel didn't get up and leave. He didn't do any of that. He was still there to serve. He said, what is the thing that the Lord hath said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee. And more also, if I hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee. And Samuel told him every whit, and he had nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. Huh. That's one thing we can learn from Eli. It's the Lord. Samuel, it's God. Whatever seemeth good, it's in his hands now. It's all wrapped up in him. You know, we can't change the gospel. We can't change the word. It's forever settled in the heavens. Proverbs has taught us that ever how a tree falleth, that's just how it's going to be. That's how it's going to be judged. There's no man, no doctrine, not enough money. Come on, I haven't talked about some of this in this little area here. But some has taught the doctrine of purgatory. And some believes that you pay enough money that you can get certain people to be baptized for them and get them out of purgatory. That's doctrines of men, doctrines of devils. And you'd be shocked of the thousands, the thousands that's been caught up in that. Now you and I that's been raised in this and uh, we think that's silly. But you'd be surprised how many souls in America... Is bound to it and sold out to it. And all the daughter's works is going to fall right on in behind. That's the reason so many of them can live the lifestyles they live and, and, and serve in the manner they do in the world that we're in. That's what causes so much confusion with the unbelievers out there. Amen. Because they run into some that claims to be Christians. <laughs> but they'll cuss you out in a heartbeat. Man, I mean, if, if, if you get over in front of them a little too, too quick, man, blowing the horn, just telling you number one, and all this thing, and hard. And they claim to be ready to go. And watch this. Their spiritual leader, when that day comes, when that day comes, their spiritual leader put them there. 
all these talk about the little homes and the little things they're doing and how they're doing. But it's not in the book. And that's what you and I have got to come to the conclusion to. And that's where you and I have got to make the stand. But you know what? I'm going to be a, I want to be a gentleman. I want to love people and be kind to people and be long-suffering. And do everything we possibly can as spiritual leaders in the world and the time that we're living today. Because we're living in a time of information. We're living in a time with a click of a button. <laughs> Anything you want to know about, any kind of religion and doctrines and things of that nature, you can be exposed to it. And only God and his mercy and grace can keep us and keep our babies. That's the reason it's so important. Amen. The spiritual leadership that's, uh, that we choose as individuals. And, and look now, the Proverbs encourage us uh, a multitude of counselors. You don't depend on just one. Treason God's got a full ministry. That's the reason you and I, we got evangelists. In fact, we're going to be blessed the next two weekends. Brother Rouse is going to be with us this coming weekend. And brother, young Brother Sanford the following weekend. Evangelists coming. And we don't talk to them. We don't call them. We don't, no, I let God talk to them. And let God move upon them. And feed us what we need to be fed. Instruct us and, and guide us. I mean, why? We want to be saved. With the power of God. And, and you know what? We want to be a light to others. We want to be a help to others. That's what your scripture says in the New Testament. The elder, amen, teach the younger. Why? Because of experience. They some in this house can, because they've been through some mental battles. They've been through some, some spiritual battles with the enemy. And so they can say, hey, look, you, you got to pray. You got to, you got to get a hold of God. And let's, let's talk to God about this. And I know, I know we're living in a time, and I've heard, I've heard this remark, amen, that that this don't work any longer. You know, that you can't, because all the old timers used to say, well, you just need to pray through. And they have shoved that and shoved that. We have. We, as Jesus' name, apostolic people, have took that statement and from the pulpit have made this statement. Hey, man, all them old timers, all they want to do, well, you just need to pray through. Well, there's more to it than praying through. I'm going to tell you something. The best thing that you and I can do, I don't care what it is, if we'll get prayed through and get the voice of God, there's not a greater voice. There's not a greater comfort. There's not a greater assurance. Because if God speaks to you directly, I promise you, right now. He'll bankrupt heaven to get it fulfilled. He'll bring it. I tell you, you won't, you won't go short in doing that. I tell you what our problem is. We don't want to pray through. We don't want to pay the price of isolating ourselves and getting a prayer closet. We don't want to get in that fellowship and companionship with the greatest spiritual leader of the world. It's called Jesus Christ himself. It's called only Jesus Christ is high priest. I'm not. Let me tell you nothing about it. They got high priests. They got priests. You can go into them little booths and you can make all these confessions and you're supposed to be able to come out and they go right back out doing the same old things they've always done. Living the same old lives. I'm going to tell you something. And some of you know this for a fact because I've, I've dealt with you with that. I don't even want you confessing to me. Because I'm not a priest. I'm not the high priest. Watch this. I've learned this. Because when you come in that office and you start confessing all these things, the next time I go to preach, next time we get in here, or two weeks down the road, amen, the first thing that it was going to use, amen, see that he knows all about you. You told him, see that he knows. He knows you're nothing but a failure. Look at him. He won't even speak to you. Now, that's the reason he said that, because he knows. 
There's really only one to make that confession to, and that's Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible says something about confession your faults. And if you do another wrong, that's a different ball game. But I'm talking about here on this one God even sending thing, dropping the ball. And then we've all come up short. Come on, don't say we haven't. <laughs> we need a high priest that's interceding, working on our behalf. But if you, you'll let God, you'll let God, I promise you, that the sanity of our minds and our hearts and our spirits in living for God and serving God. I mean, what Saul? I know time's going to run out here, but what Saul? What if Saul, after that call upon his life, and the occasion as God sees fit, it was Samuel that told Saul. I'm telling you not one word. They couldn't put their finger on Samuel. Now, this is a, this is a mind blower right here. But the two sons of Samuel was evil and sons of Belial. Took bribery. And the elders come in and told Samuel. Said, we want a king like everybody else. Your sons, we can't trust your sons. They take bribery, man. They, they're not true. They're not straight up. But even Samuel, as he took it personal to start with. But you know what? God said, hey, you, they hadn't rejected you. They rejected me. They want a king like everybody else. And so Saul was the one that the searchers made. And you know the story how the, he goes and looks for the two little donkeys. And, and after a period of time, he can't find them. But they make their way into the city. And there the servant comes up with the idea and says, hey, let's go to the prophet. Let's go to the man of God. Let's go to Samuel. And Samuel, it's sure enough to do. They got a little money. Well, that's another area, you know. Don't pay the preacher nothing. Uh-oh. I'm hitting that stump again, ain't I? But it's in there. I'm telling you, Saul said, hey, man, we ain't got nothing. We, he said, I am. I got a shekel. I got some. I got silver. He said, they, they didn't tell him to intend to come to the man of God empty-handed. But you know the spirit of the world today? <laughs> oh, I'm be careful. <laughs> you know... <laughs> The attitude of some people. Well, I, I know I'm, I'm hitting some places. Lord, help me here this morning. The attitude of some people. Not us. I, okay. I don't, I'm not talking to anybody in here. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, but, but the attitude of our society. The, 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 the way, you know. <laughs> they don't have no problem going buying drugs from their druggie. But they want you and the church to pay for their phone bills, their light bills, and the car notes. And get mad when we won't do it. But then they'll take what $50 they just made and go buy some more booze and alcohol and live it up and expect you and I, amen. And then if we don't, then we're not Christians. You know what that is? Watch that spirit closely. Because if we're not careful, that's the way if people treat God. Really don't have a lot to do with God until I get in the bind, until I get in trouble. Now, listen to what we've been studying and what's been coming the whole time. And this lesson's really helping just bring it, bring it on in this spiritual deal. For even God finally reaches a point, even with Israel, said, I'm done with you. I blessed you. I pulled you out of here. I blessed you from this. I delivered you from that. I, I've done this. And you still keep turning your God. I said, I'll tell you what, you let your gods. Sometimes I want to look at some of them guys and say, go get your druggie buddy and pay your light bill. You gave them your money. Go get your party folks that you've been partying with. Come on, let's go to the prodigal son. 
He couldn't find nobody when he ran out of money. <laughs> they wouldn't even feed him. They wouldn't even take him into their house. But thank God for the church. I can backslide from the church. But you know what? If I come back honest and sincere, the church is ready to open up arms. Church is ready to pay bills and do whatever. Amen. You know why? Because I'm coming back to the hole. I'm coming back to the house. I'm coming back to a place, amen, in fellowship with God. So they're ready. The difference, same way with God. If you and I just say, you know what, God, I want that, I want that spiritual leadership in my life. You can stand. I know my time's up. Let's stand. I want that spirit. But you know, more importantly, God, help me. Help me. How many of you believe that we need some, some, some leadership in the spiritual realm of our day? Some people just anchored and settled and committed. And, 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 and they're, they're not going to go home and run it down. You know, I'm just going to practice a thing. If I can't say something good and positive, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. And I'm going to pray that God works it out. <laughs> i tell you what I want us to do this morning. If you can, if you're up to it, able, I want us to just come to the front. And we're going to ask God to help us. Because you know what? We're living in a community. We're living in a time and a generation that, that needs elders and young people and young uh, parents and all of us. And we need, to, even here in this local assembly, to find that place of agreement and unity. And at least, at least the majority of decisions should come together. Bond together. It's easy to maybe look at this one or look at that one. And, and if we're not careful, we're so busy looking at others. And really when, what I need to do, and, and, and he talks about that. I need to take that light and turn it on me. Instead of worrying about the speck that's in somebody else's, I'd worry about the beam that's in mine. Okay? Because I want to be right with God. I want the motive right. I want the attitude right. I want the spirit right. Because we want to win souls. And that's not all. I want to see these babies have a place when they're our age if the Lord tarries. This place will be a place where the gospel's preached. And the joy of the Lord is at this house. And the power and the peace of God is here. Amen. But they you say, you know what? Right, let's just go to the church. They, 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 you know, they something. Let's just go pull on the parking lot. They just something about this. There is a presence. There is an anointing. There is a favor on these grounds. Hey, I believe that can happen. I believe that's power and the spirit of God. And, but you know what? It's got to flow through us first. Because we're the church. We're the ones that's carrying it out in the highways and the byways. We're the ones that carry it home to our little darlings. We're the ones, amen, in every conversation, in every setting. Lord, you help us please you according. Come on, Paul. Even Paul. Watch it. Even Paul instructed us. said, follow me as I follow Christ, as long as he followed Christ. But if he wasn't following Christ, he said, you ain't got to follow me. We have an obligation individually 
to search these scriptures. I know we're busy. I look at some of you now. Some of you are so tired. But y'all been from Dan to Bathsheba this week. I'm just, I'm just being honest. I'm not hurting nobody. I'm not trying to hurt nobody. I'm just telling you where we're at. I'm telling you the life we're in. We're busy. We're occupied. We're doing things. But Jesus warned us about that, didn't he? Huh? Cares of life. What, what was the cares of life choke out? The Word of God. As powerful and as beautiful as the Word of God is. The cares of life, not sin. The cares of life can choke your Word out of us. And how can I lead others, Brother Quinn, in a spiritual life if I let the Word of God be choked out of my life? Where else are you going to go to get spiritual leadership? Greater than, more settled than this, more accurate than this is. You see, men can be wrong and they can put on a front and, and they can even call fire out of heaven and perform miracles and be out of line with this we want to line up with this we we'll love it so let's ask God I believe this is our heartbeat our, our desire I believe everybody in here wants to be a spiritual leader wants to be a help and a blessing nobody in here wants to be a kindred to anybody to make it to heaven first of all or to introduce them to this truth so let's pray and ask God to help us. Lord, we love you this morning. As we stepped out and made our way up here, God, just as a means and a ways by faith of letting you know, God, that we want your favor, we want your anointing, we want your touch upon our hearts, our minds, and our spirit to gird up our minds, to gird up our hearts and our spirit like never before, to live this life, to practice, God, to walk in the measure, the power of your spirit, to walk in the measure, the power of your love. God, that what lies within us the calling the election upon our hearts upon our lives that we would serve you with all of our might we would serve you with all of our heart our soul and spirit and God as you equip us and place us in this body of believers to do the work of the Lord to be about our Lord's business to be the soul winner to be the light amen in our communities and among us we pray for that anointing we pray for that favor we pray for the touch of God and the power of God to move upon our souls and hearts and minds I know we're living in a world. We're living in a very deceived world. We live in a world where everybody's saved and everybody's ready. But God, you help us, God, to rise up and amen, to respond to the call of God, the anointing of the Lord upon our hearts and be the examples of the world, the time that we're living in. Amen. To walk in the beauty of your counsel, the beauty of your holiness, the beauty of your life, representing you as the spiritual epistles that you'd have us to be, giving you the glory and the praise for all of it as you touch each heart, as you touch each life in this house this morning. I pray you'd cleanse us, purge us, wash us, unite us together, bond us together. Help us, God, to be the church, the body of Christ, giving you the glory, giving you the praise, giving you the honor for it. In this house today, God, the Holy Ghost would baptize us. The Holy Ghost would move among us. The Holy Ghost, our free course and great liberty, God. We would resist the workings of the Holy Ghost and the power thereof. But through obedience, God, that you can use us. And we'd be the body in this community that you'd have us to be, giving you the glory, giving you the praise and honor here today in Jesus' name. Let's put our hands together with thanksgiving. Oh, God's good to us and we love him today and appreciate his long suffering and mercy.
Praise God. Praise God. Got one announcement I need to make to you at 4 o'clock. They want all those that want to... volunteering for the vacation Bible school to be here at 4 o'clock. They want to try to go over some literature and all. They're going to actually be gone for a couple of weeks. And so they will get some of this kind of laid out there and get you kind of prepared. So at 4 o'clock this evening, if you would, going to meet up here. Amen. We're Brother Keith and Sister Judy, okay? All right. God bless you. Love and appreciate you. You're dismissed fear to God. Sister Joyce. Sign up sheet in the back for tonight. All right. All right. God bless you.